this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Woke Bros. I'm your woke host, Wazni Lambray. Joining me, as always, is Nando Vila. Mike Brooks has the week off. He's feeling a little bit under the weather, and who could blame him considering things? Rob Lopez on the ones and threes, as usual. Um, today we got, you know, we're tackling what the Congress and the President are doing about the coronavirus outbreak. Um, Obviously, they pushed through a couple of bills already, um, and this third one is going to be handling what they do for citizens and businesses and all of that. And we're going to tackle what's going on with that. Um, Richard Burr is in a bit of hot water today. Um, first, pro public, first NPR leaked an audio of some wild shit that he said to his to you know some special donors, um, and then ProPublica. You know, uh, d- d- issued a report, uh, published, excuse me, published a report about <laughs> this dude doing a whole fire sale a few weeks ago <laughs> in anticipation of things. But first, I just want to remind you guys that countthedings.com, of course, Count the Dings Network has a Patreon, man. That's how we're able to push out a lot of these this great content that we're able to do for you guys week in and week out. Because of everybody's changed schedule, because of the, you know, the quarantine and all of that stuff, we're now doing a nightly show live for our patrons from about 
uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go. We usually do about two, two and a half hours covering a variety of topics, just sort of having fun. Everybody on the crew sort of chimes in. You liable to see it. Me, Tom Haberstro, myself, Zach Harper, Rob Lopez, Black Trey, um, of course, Nitz and Sarah and Eden and all, you know, the whole crew. Jade, of course, is is masterminding the whole thing. So that's something that we're doing. We just wanted to let you guys know um, for our patrons, we're doing this thing called Count the Dings After Dark. Um, become a patron. I know it's trying times. People are getting laid off and things like that. So obviously, if that's not an option for you, we wouldn't expect you to do that. But, you know, if you can afford a cup of, a cup of Starbucks coffee every now and again, man, that's about as much as it's going to cost per month to support us, man. We appreciate everybody who's already a patron. Um, the contributions mean a lot. Like, it's not just some nice little thing you guys are doing for us. It actually helps us produce these shows, man. So thank all of our patrons, of course, and become a patron right now at patreon.com backslash count the dings. All right, Nando, now back to the ongoing existential crisis we're having here in America. <laughs> um, yeah, so NPR, of course, today, this morning, released some audio of Richard Burr, Senator out of North Carolina was at something called the Capitol Hill Club, um, <laughs> a luncheon at the Capitol Hill Club, um, and he's telling a group of donors, I think the donors were charged up to 10 Gs? Yeah. And were promising, in, quote, an interaction with top leaders and staff from Congress, the administration, and the private sector. 10 Gs, oh, excuse me, the luncheon was at the Capitol Hill Club, the name of the little, it was organized by something called the Tar Heel Circle. Um, <laughs> you know, North Sounds Carolina, fun. whatever. You yeah. get it. It's <laughs> We all get it. Anyway, 10 Gs, uh, Nando. I don't know about you, but I don't have 10, G, 10 Gs sitting underneath my mattress or my, you know, my couch cushions. I do not have 10 G's sitting under my mattress, but it's, it's worth understanding what 10 G's buys you because this asshole, uh, Senator Richard Burr is the head of the intelligence committee. Okay. In the Senate, that means he gets access to the secret briefings, like the little secret files that you and I don't have access to. Right. And what it turns out, he was telling his very well-connected constituents and donors who were able to pay 10 G's to talk with him is that according to the U.S. intelligence agencies, the coronavirus outbreak was way more serious than they were telling the public. There's one thing that I can tell you about this. It is much more aggressive in its transmission than anything that we have seen in recent history. It's probably more akin to the 1918 pandemic. Every company should be cognizant of the fact that um, you may have to alter your travel. You may have to look at your employees and judge whether the trip they're making to Europe is essential or whether it can be done on video conference. Why risk it? So Richard Burr was telling the public that everything was going to be fine, to keep doing what you're doing, keep buying stocks, keep going out to work, while privately he was telling rich people that supported him that this coronavirus outbreak outbreak was some serious shit. And then what he did after that is he dumped 
$1.6 million worth of stock that he owned while he was telling the public that everything was fine. So he privately knew, um, because of his privileged position in the intelligence committee, that shit was going to get bad and that the stock market was likely to tank. And he was telling that to his rich donors, but he was not telling the public. He was telling the public the complete opposite. So it's a major scandal. I mean, it is one of the most brazen acts of insider trading, of deceiving the public about a very serious health crisis. It just shows the rot at the highest level of our system in which these politicians, who, by the way, are rich themselves, I mean, Richard Burr can just sell $1.6 million of the stock. No Dick problem. Burr is actually yeah. one of the poor people in the Senate. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He's not even one of the richer guys, yeah. dude. And and even he has, you know, one and a half million, an excess of one and a half million dollars in stock that he could dump on a moment's notice. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. And it just shows like while the rest of us are suffering, you know, like people are getting laid off. People are, you know, like freelance work is just dried up overnight. The economy is completely stopped. You know, they were warning other well-connected rich people that this was coming way before they were warning the public. Um, it's just it's it's absolutely unconscionable. And it's it, it, it really shows everything that's wrong with the system that we have and, as it's cursed and, currently and, constituted. And it's important because it, it, it harkens back to something that we covered here on Woke Bros a few weeks back. And that was back when Bernie and his campaign had sort of distanced themselves from Zephyr Teachout for, you know, an op ed that she wrote, which she called Joe Biden corrupt. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, Joe Biden's not corrupt. It's like, OK, he didn't do anything that's a against the law but the nature of american politics into in the year 2020 is such that they all are corrupt because they have to do things like this in order to remain elected officials right like they have to go to these type of luncheons where people charge ten thousand dollars per seat you know because these are the type of people that are going to fund his next re-election campaign dick burr right it's just the nature like obviously this guy took it to you know, to the furthest extent well, and is actually participating in actual insider trading, right? Um, but yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, like, the, the whole way the system functions is corruption in and of itself. Like, you don't actually have to break any corruption laws to be um, sort of participating in a corruptive act. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what this is exactly what Zephyr Teachout was talking about in her paper. Like, this is the definition of it, man. This guy went out yeah. and told the public, his constituency, the people who voted him into office, who ostensibly he's supposed to be working for, right? Like, those people in North Carolina are his bosses, and he lied to them. And then he turned yeah. around and profited off of it. It's amazing, dude. It's amazing. I mean, and it's just like you said, like a lot of this corruption often, like it looks like what Dick Bird did is probably illegal. It looks like he might, you know, he's in, he's in actual trouble, but what his constituent, like what his rich donors did wasn't illegal. I mean that it's perfectly legal to buy, to pay a $10,000 check to go to this luncheon and talk to your congressman um, and get some inside scoops. Like that's just perfectly legal. There's no, there's no law against that. That's the sort of legalized corruption, the greasing of the wheels that rich people do to fix the system in their favor, you know, like, and, and, then, and no, when just Zephyr think about that. Yeah. Just think about the 10 G cause like, it's important too, what you just said, the 10 G's that they, that, that these people could afford to put 10 G's in it to, 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 to just shell out 10 G's. Right. Um, and this guy sells 
um, a million and a half worth of stocks. Like, you just think about that for a second. Like, you know, just think about where the market is in that, like, the, the gains that the market have made, the market has made in the three years since Trump was elected have all been completely wiped out in three weeks. So yeah, you just absolutely. think about how valuable <laughs> that information was. It's, it's, it, frankly, it's worth more than 10000 to these people. And oh, so it's, so it's millions of dollars. Yes. It's, it's a return of investment, return on your investment of millions of dollars. dollars. For that 10 Gs gets you oh. millions of dollars. Like, and you, and yeah. you literally, little peon citizen like me and Nando, you literally can't yeah. buy that. Like literally, yeah. <laughs> you no, can't yeah. buy it. <laughs> no, it's you know, it, I, I always get reminded of the the George, Car- the famous George Carlin quote, the great comedian George Carlin, that it's a big club, and you're not in it. Right. That's what these people belong to. Right. Right. That, that and 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 that's it, man. And you know, again, that's why it's 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 hilarious. Like you know, when people talk about the game is rigged or whatever, like people think it's a cliche. No, it's not. Like literally. It's real. It's real. Like these people are getting good information and you're getting bad. So now when they're covered and they're good, mm-hmm. they don't have to worry about money in an economic yeah. downturn during the, a global pandemic. What what people are going to come out and tell us is that, no, 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 no. Those are the smart ones. Those were the ones who were thinking ahead. No, no, no. Those were the ones who knew what they were doing. You that's down on your luck. You just didn't work hard enough. You just weren't yeah. American enough. You didn't have enough bootstrapping. <laughs> that's what they're going to turn around and tell you. But meanwhile, oh, no, they literally had the answers to the test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and the other example, the other like incredible story that came out today is Lee Fong, the investigative journalist from The Intercept. And it's another example of how the system is rigged, right? So Lee Fong, the investigative uh, journalist for The Intercept, obtained audio of calls between investment bankers that own shares in um, in healthcare company uh, in private healthcare companies pressuring them to price gouge on essential coronavirus drugs because of the increase in demand and they say things openly like you know this might not be politically popular but uh, you guys should really consider like raising the prices on these intubation uh, on these intubation machines or like these tests or or this drug that seems like to to, to work to cure a coronavirus like all these things like it's 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 outrageous i mean it shows you that like you know, you and I, like, oh yeah, we're worried about getting coronavirus. Like, if we have to go to the hospital. We don't know what the what the hell is going to happen. Meanwhile, they're using this crisis to enrich themselves, like to to profit on the suffering and death of vast amounts of people to in order to line their pockets more. And that's how they rig yeah, the system. And it's and again, it's something that we bring up all the time. Again, you know, uh, and it bears mentioning, and I'm not ashamed to say it all the time. It's like, oh, you guys are in the tank for Bernie, and it's like. All right, but nobody else wants to say this. Just come out and say, you should not be making money. You should not be profiteering off of health care. Like, there's just yeah. certain things you shouldn't make money off of. You shouldn't put a profit incentive behind getting people healthy, getting people to not be sick anymore. So that's why it's like this idea that we shouldn't have, you know, um, a government-ran healthcare system is hilarious to me. Like, so what do you think happens? We're getting price gouged on the medicine. Left and right, yeah. when they say, oh, how are we going to afford it? What do you think is happening right now? You think we're getting the most cost-effective version of a healthcare system right now? When these companies can come out and just, you know, price gouge you left and right? And who's going to stop them? 
right? It's like, well, no, this is the market. This is the system. Yeah. They have a right to yeah. kill us with um with profit incentives just just so that we don't fucking die. <laughs> they have a right to do it. it. This is how it works. It's like it doesn't make any sense, right? And these stories come out over and over and over again because again, they're incentivized to do this. Like, there's no checks yeah. or balances on any of this. It's, it's basically like, yo, go out and make as much money as you can for as long as you can, no matter what the means are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the ends just the money justifies the means. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it, it becomes painfully clear, you know, by the day. Yeah. I mean, the, the, and the thing that is hard for people to wrap their minds around is that it's not about the morality or immorality of these individual people. I mean, obviously they're all immoral, but it's not like, even if, okay, say the CEO of whatever large healthcare corporation woke up one morning and had an epiphany and was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to price gouge. I am not going to try to maximize the profit of my firm. And I'm just going to do this for the social good. I'm not going to do it to maximize profit for my shareholders. You know what'll happen? He'll get fired and they'll replace him with someone who is willing to do it, you know? So it doesn't matter. Like, it's not about whether these guys are bad guys or, or good guys. It's just the system. Yeah. Yeah. It's the system is that that's how it works. And it shows the absurdity of using market logic and profit logic for life and death things that people need. Like, you know, you can make the argument that yes, markets are efficient to allocate resources for things like consumer goods. Like, you know, whether you like, uh, this car or that car or whatever, but for things that you need to survive, healthcare, housing, education, like the things that are public goods that every single man, woman, and child in your country needs, no matter what, you cannot make a decision to not have healthcare when you need it. You just can't do that. It's like you can't opt out of the market. So the absurdity of having the for-profit logic in those scenarios is patent in these moments of crisis. You know, like we need to transcend the market logic for these things that we need. And that's why we need government-run healthcare. I mean, where the goal of the healthcare system is not to make as much money as possible, but to provide as much healthcare as possible to the largest number of people. Like, that's that should be the goal. And that the only way to do that is if it's publicly run. I mean, because if you do it through some private corporation, they're always going to sacrifice the public good in order to make more money. That's just inevitable. It's it's like, you can't wish it to go away. It's just the way it is. So you can't let them even have the opportunity to do it. All right, well said, man. And we got to move on to something that's, you know, related because everything kind of comes back to this, the proliferation of this virus and, and pandemic, right? Um, you know, they're fighting over what the response is going to be in Congress now. Uh, <laughs> and I talked to Michael on the after show of TNBS yesterday. Shout out, um, shout out to all the TNBS family and heads listening right now. Um, make sure you go um, sign up for TNBS. Uh, you know... <laughs> Tom Cotton comes out and says, yo, we need a robust program to put money in people's hands. To, like, people are hurt. And Tom Cotton is about as arch conservative as it gets in the Republican, you know, party. Uh, Mitt Romney. Willard freaking Romney, right? The waspiest, <laughs> like, most ridiculous cat in all of America came out and said, he, he put a number on it. He said, we, we need to give $1,000 to these cats. 
um, yeah. um, as soon as as soon as we can, like this thing is going to get dire and it's going to be like that fast. Um, of course, you know, one of the stars of the Democratic Party, the Working People Party, the Party of the People, Nando, Kamala Harris mm-hmm. came out and said, "Why don't we do five hundred? Yeah, the half of it, like, <laughs> half of that." And and, yeah. and and look, and look, I see a lot, and a lot of people, a lot of people, um. It's weird. It's always weird on social to gauge the reactions. I see people snickering talking about because Lindsey Graham has come out and he's basically trying to hold the line, which I don't know that this is going to actually be effective because um, I think this pandemic is so extreme. I think even Republicans understand that like we can't we can't do our thing here. <laughs> like we'll get mauled for doing our thing here. But Lindsey Graham is Lindsey Graham, and when he's not, you know, playing with little boys. Um, he's doing this, <laughs> right? <laughs> he's he's doing he's doing this. He's 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 yeah. um he's basically like, oh, we want to put money in the hands of employers. We want you to get a paycheck. Um, we're trying to do we're trying to buttress the the freaking um the uninsurance benefits. Uh, you know, unemployed insurance benefits. Excuse me. Um, he's all this other thing besides just straight up writing a check for people who are hurting. Right? You hear all of this crap, Nando, about means testing. As if the freaking IRS doesn't already exist. If you guys want on the back end, we can mean test that shit next year on people's tax return. This shit is not even yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. Like this is it's not, not even, even hard. It's not even hard, you know. But again, the Democratic response at first, Nando, is what you got. Bernie who comes out and does the right thing. Two G's for mm-hmm. per family. We need um we need uh mortgage relief. We need uh fight. We're gonna fight against evictions right now. We need. Of course, obviously, that's what he's going to do. It's Bernie Sanders is what he's been doing for 40 fucking years. We get it, right? Like, that goes without saying. And again, Nando, Kamala Harris, establishment them darling. She's as insider as they get in the party. She comes out and comes at a lower number than Mitt fucking Romney. How does that make any sense? Well, it just goes to show the rot of Democrat brain, you know, Democrat brain tells you this. It's, we can't do anything too big because we need to be appear reasonable. All right. That's like what they always say is like, we need to appear reasonable for the American voter and what they're not. And that's like something they keep on telling themselves and they keep on telling themselves, like, if we appear reasonable, we'll make the Republicans look unreasonable. Right. And what, what, it, what it does is that it, it, causes them to not live up to this moment, which is really unprecedented in basically the history of capitalism, which is that the economy is stopping. It's it's like it's like you're putting you're pulling the e-brake on a car that's going, yep. you know, 100 miles an hour. Yep. Like it is literally just grinding to a halt outside of like grocery stores and podcasting. OK, like everything else is stopped, which means that in, on, overnight, people are going to lose their jobs. People that rely on freelance work are not going to get that. Are not going to get uh, work. Uh, payments are going to be frozen. Um, you know, like imagine like the millions of Uber drivers um, who are just can't take can't get rides. Um, so you need to do something drastic to not allow people to literally starve. You know, like literally, people are going to start starving soon. You know, they're not going to have any money to buy food, like the simplest things in the world. Like they're not going to have much money to pay rent. So they need to do something big right now. They need to put cash in people's pockets 
right now to hold them over while the economy is literally stopped. And they keep on saying these things like, oh, we'll do a sort of uh, deferred tax credit as if like that doesn't kick in until months from now. Or we'll do some sort of thing where we mean test means test where we, you know, look at someone's income and see like whether they need or not, not taking into account. It's so stupid. You know, like you just give the cash away right now, use the deficit spending to do it. And then if you need to recoup the cash later from rich people, just tax them next year. Like it's, 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 that's it. And then it's, and, it's, and then you get through the crisis. And you tell everybody that like, yo, you're going to be taxed on this next year. You call it, call them Pelosi bucks, you know, call them Pelosi bucks and say like, I'm giving you, I'm sending you a check. It's called Pelosi bucks. And then watch the democratic party popularity soar through the roof. But they don't think that way. They don't, they just think in these kind of like unbelievably boring and nerdy technocratic ways that sort of looks to like do these like micro targeted interventions to help people. But what that ends up doing is it creates unnecessary bureaucracy. It will inevitably leave people um, through the cracks. Like, for example, say they means test it to everyone making less than, say, $75,000. Okay. So then how do you test that? Well, you look at the tax return from last year. Okay, great. So then someone made $75,000 last year. What if they get, what if they got laid off right now from their job because of the crisis and they don't have any savings, which most Americans don't? So then their income, so then they don't qualify for the benefit right. and they just, what are they going to do? Right. You know, they, you can't tell that they can't, they can't make any sort of case that say like, oh, I need it right now. Like, that's why I just give it to everyone. And, and the thing Let is, nobody like the, the, the idea, some of it is just a, a, a lack of being able to understand the cost benefit of it. It's like, okay, if the cost is that maybe some people who got it end up with it is the cost of being able to get it to people who actually 150% need it. I mean, this is so this is such a no-brainer easy call. Like the idea that you would pussyfoot around this um while people's lives are on the line, man. Like their lives and livelihoods are on the line. People might go homeless, people might go hungry. That you would pussyfoot around this because well, there's a guy who's making 175 Gs who might get this two g's like what right. are you talking about bro <laughs> tax him next year exactly tax his ass next year we already means test it's called the irs you could literally be like look if you make over a certain amount you're gonna get taxed this amount on the next year and those people gonna hold on to that bread and be like whatever this so i'll pay them back next year for this easy done yep. the people who don't have to think about it won't think about it you understand? Yeah. And meanwhile, the people who need it will be getting it in real time. It's, you know, it's it's amazing that even in a moment like this, during a global pandemic, you can come yeah. out with a timid ass. Pl- like the, the, the other side would just never do this. Like, let's just say we were Republicans or excuse me, Dems were Re- Republicans were the Democratic Party. And this was their moment to shine. They would have said something even crazier than what Bernie said. So they'd have been like, shit. We need to, to cancel give, everything. To give, people, <laughs> to give people an idea of the rapidity of with which this economic crisis is going to hit. Okay, so last week, okay, last week there were two hundred and eighty-one thousand total claims for unemployment benefits. Right, people claiming that they just got unemployed. Right, this was last week. This week, in just the fifteen states that they have reporting, they have six hundred and twenty-nine thousand eight hundred and ninety-nine claims. Okay, so 
that's not even all 50 states. That's just 15 states for this week. It went up three times as much in one week for just 15 states. Next week, those numbers will be in the millions. Okay, that's millions of people who are losing their job today. And if you don't, if you know anything about the way uh, America is structured, you know that at least 50% of Americans live basically paycheck to paycheck, where they cannot survive with a $400 unexpected cost uh, in, in a month. So like the, the urgency to act now is huge. And this isn't, this is, we haven't even gotten to the worst part of the actual disease hitting us. I mean, I, I'm, I'm from Spain and I'm looking at what's going on in Spain right now. And it is grim. Like it is grim. And in Italy, just next door, which has been the hardest hit of the crisis yet uh, so far, they they have 3,500 3, deaths, an increase of 400 just today. That's more people, 3,000, over 3,000 3, people died in 9-11, just to give you an idea, you know? So it's going to get really bad. Our healthcare system is not capacitated to... Um, deal with this kind with everyone getting sick like this like it's going to get bad if the government doesn't act immediately to provide massive relief to people it's going to get way way worse like it's hard to overstate just how big this thing is going to be yeah man i mean you you've pretty much said it all there um you know obviously our thoughts our thoughts are with people who are struggling with this out there um, I've already heard from some people that got laid off. A lot of a few of my freelance homies got laid off. I knew people who were, you know, not freelance, full time employees that got that already got laid off. And that was just this week. <laughs> this yeah. has just been one week of this, like basically four days of the quarantine. It's only going to get worse. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's important to be mindful. Make sure you're reaching out to your loved ones, man. Staying close. Um, I don't have anything else to add there. Um, of course, you know, Mike will be back next week. He's feeling a little bit under the weather. I'm sure he'll be better next week. Uh, Nando, do you have anything else for us? Um, just the, I mean, my final thought is, is that we're going to emerge from this in a very different country than the one we've been used to. Um, everything from basically every small business that you know, like every like independent coffee shop or independent restaurant or bar is going to close. Like without, if, if there is no sort of massive relief, like those, those margins on those businesses are so thin that even like two weeks of, of closure, um, will put them under. Um, so we're going to emerge from this in a, basically in a situation in which only large chain stores exist, like large chain restaurants and large, whatever. And beyond that, I think that we're going to see such a delegitimization of the political class that like they're going to be so woefully in, inadequate in their response to the, the crisis that there's going to be a massive backlash to the entire political system. And that presents both an opportunity for a new kind of world to be built, like a better world, but it also can always get worse. It can always, it can always turn into, you know, some version of like a hellish authoritarian state. Um, and you know, the more I see this crisis unfold, the bigger the stakes I feel like they are, are becoming. So I, I just want to tell people to get ready because this thing is going to be bad and we're never really going to be the same again. All right. That's our show, man. I want to thank, of course, Nando as always for killing it as, my, as a great co-host, Rob always killing it on the ones and threes. Um, again, make sure you guys sign up to, 
Patreon.com backslash count the dings. Um, count the dings after dark is 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 really taking off, man. I like what we've started so far. We've had fun with it the last few nights. Um, you know, the live interactive chat on YouTube is always jumping. Um, I feel like everybody's sort of making the best of these times right now. And um, yeah, man. So make sure you get to patreon.com backslash count the dings. Be on the lookout for us next week. Make sure you listen to the mailbag, Cinephobe, all of our other Counter Things offerings. Fernando Vila and um and Rob Lopez. I'm Big Waz. Later. the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.